0: Supercharge your deal building experience with Accelerate My Deal when connected across AutoTrader and KBB.com listings and Dealer.com websites. It helps deliver predictive and personalized experiences for you and your consumers. Book your NADA demo today. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. This episode originated from Used Car Week 2023 in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's a f- panel discussion titled Building the Bridge for Lenders to Improve Remarketing Logistics. It's a panel led by Jay Wurzberger of ATI Auto Business and features Brianna Cox of Asset Resolutions, Ty Thompson, with Cars on the Moon, Renee Lowe of the Harding Brooks Insurance Agency, and Michelle Pierog of Park My Fleet. Let's get right to the
1: conversation. Welcome everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Building the Bridge for Lenders to Improve Remarketing Logistics. Uh, Slide, there we go. Thank Use Car Week and Cherokee Media Group so much for having us here. We're glad to be talking again about repossession, transportation, remarketing, challenges, solutions, and we want your participation today. My name is Jay Wertzberger. I work in automotive media. I'm the founder of ATI Auto Business. I'm that YouTube guy walking around. Please say hello to me and talk to me about media. We're gonna talk about marketing logistics problems. Um, Where are you losing the most time and money? You know you're losing some time and money. Where are you losing the most? We wanna focus on that. That's right. Interest rates are up, car payments are up, delinquencies on the rise, auction sales are down, storage fees are wrong, transportation rates are wrong, fraud is accelerating, legal requirements accelerating, And as we heard about yesterday um, in Jose's packed room about repossession and transportation, cost per day per spot on the repo lot, key cut approval lender bottlenecks, in-op accuracy through better data, software communication, car haulers are getting out of this space, it's not good, and repo agents are doing their own car haul, which can be good, but doesn't that create a new set of problems? So how do we figure this out? What we do here today in this panel, and this will be an ongoing conversation, this will not be the end all be all, but today we have a recovery professional, a transportation consultant, an insurance professional, and a privacy expert. Because all these things, all these elements come into problems in this larger issue that we have in remarketing. Brianna Cox, VP Asset Resolutions. Hi. Am I, is it working? Ty Thompson, CEO Cars on the Move, Renee Lowe, Training and Education, Hardings Brooks, Insurance, and Michelle Perogue, Privacy Expert, CSO, Park My Fleet. Again, get to know these names, talk to them later in private. And share your thoughts. We need your help. We want you to talk to us here today. So Beth with Cherokee Media Group, there she is. She's got a microphone, Phil Donahue style, wants to talk to you, take your questions. Please say something, okay? And as we move forward, this is not necessarily a presentation as much as a conversation. We're gonna kick off the conversation with fundamental remarketing logistics questions. Cars are sitting on the recovery lots. How long does it take for a car to sit before it gets transported? Why did it sit so long? Does it need to have keys? How long does it take to get keys? What role does the auction play in this? How about the software and the communication? I'll come back to that slide. I'm gonna kick it off with Brianna. Brianna, please take it away.
2: Okay, so we all know how many cars are sitting on our lots right now, right? Too many. Our lots are full. If you guys were able to even get into Jose's panel yesterday, that was a big discussion that we're having stor- We're having a storage crisis in our industry. So um, how long does it take before it gets transported? There's so many variables there that it, I mean, does the agent have first right of refusal? What um, carrier is the auction you know, assigning the loads to? Who has the contract for the lane? So it can vary greatly. So that is kind of the issue with the lack of communication, the lack of, and why we're here today is because we need to figure that part out, the variables of it. Um, how many vehicles on recovery lots need to have keys? Well, this is something that we have been educating on in years past at events like Used Car Week, and so we prefer to cut all the keys on our, on our lot. It makes, it makes everybody's job easier, right? Um, so it, very rarely do we actually receive keys unless it's like a voluntary or whatever, and even sometimes with a voluntary, we won't receive keys. So we do prefer to cut keys and that the vehicles have keys before they leave our lots. Um:
1: <laughs> Okay, so let's do this. Pause. OK, now let's go to another topic in this cycle of problems. Brianna, you t- you kicked it off why there's problems on the repo lot. I think Ty was going to jump in next with, where does transportation pick up on this repo problem?
3: Well, that depends on uh, who told me to go get the car, right? Right so. The way I think it works, and one of the reasons I'm on stage is because I don't know the answer. So I think it works that the lender makes a deal with an auction and makes a deal with a repo company. Is that fair? Is that traditionally how it works? So the lender makes a deal, a contract with an auction. So now the auction's responsible for getting the car picked up from the repo lot. Yes, no, yes, okay. So if I'm a transport guy and I have a relationship with my auction, the auction's gonna tell me, Ty, go get the repo. I'm gonna immediately say I really don't want to. Why? Well, you gotta wait 24 hours. I got a truck two miles away. I can pick it up right now, but I gotta make a 24 hour phone call, right? My truck can go do other things. I might be able to make it tomorrow, I might not. So I've gotten in trouble enough to learn I don't wanna go there. Fair? This is an honest conversation. Once I get there, I might be late, and I'm told, sorry you're late, you gotta reschedule another 24 hours. So my relationship with my auction friend that told me to go get the car is starting to get upset with me because the car's still not picked up. We can pause right there.
1: Okay, perfect. So. Do we want to move into insurance or privacy? Which problem comes next?
2: I I just want to cut in for one second. Because we don't, um, the 24-in-1 program is pretty archaic. I think most of us are using clear data to schedule and qualify cars. So um, most of us have our transports almost scheduled for the entire week at this point. So we don't really take phone calls anymore. We're doing verifications pretty uh, seamlessly and digitally.
4: So I have a question, so because how do the auto haulers know how to use clear data? I mean, I know that there's the, there's Ryan uh, has done Ryan a, a Miller, presentation. Yeah. And I know, I know that, you know, they go on to log in and they can just click. But a lot of auto haulers may not know how to do that. So how are we as an as industry
1: educating the auto haulers? And does the auction even know that they don't know? Yeah, no, they don't
5: can I just add something here? So I'm also here with Park My Fleet. We provide property support. And when we've, we've met a couple times to talk about how to build this bridge. It seems like there's two conversations here. There's the operational conversation on how to have processes to make that work more seamlessly. And then there's the technical side, which really is where the communication breakdown happens. And it seems like there's different ways that people do things using the technology so i think that that's really what we have to think about is how do we take these two problems how do we make them scalable seamless and how do we communicate that to each other in the best way so that we can get it done quickly and make the most money
4: and to add to what Michelle's saying that the communication has or the lack of communication has definitely created a barrier that prevents moving everybody moving forward i mean what brought this to my attention was when i was on a dispatching live podcast and i'm listening to why transporters don't want to pick up cars from repo lots and me you know who loves repo people i'm like well why not and i was just appalled at that their misunderstanding of why that you don't give them keys you know and why they had to schedule appointments whatever way so and and the fact that they thought repossessors were holding cars on their lots to collect fees. I'm like, you know, so it was like all these misinformation or or mainly it's just in uh, the impression that the auto transporters had probably because they haven't asked the question. So that's the whole thing is we have to find ways for each piece of the puzzle in the life of a repossession to talk to each other, to communicate So, we can get these cars moving and get them off the lot.
3: I have a quick question. Raise your hand if you're a lender. Okay, now put it down. Now, raise your hand if you're having problems getting cars to auctions, if you're a lender.
2: Oh, come on, don't be shy. Come on.
3: Don't make me come off the stage because I will. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so. Uh,
2: we can talk a lot
3: about the challenges of the transport guy, the repo guy. One of the things about ATI that I really appreciate, it's a community where we've had to, the opportunity to bring everybody from every segment together on a show. And Jay used to have this repo hammer. We would break out the repo hammer on Dispatching Live Thursday because we couldn't stand the repo people. <laughs> so we bring the repo people on the show and we have to put the hammer down because we find out all of their problems. So solutions is what I'm here for today. So the guy that raised his hand super high and says I've got a problem getting my cars to the auction, when was the last time you jumped in the car or the transport truck and drove down to the repo yard? Raise your hand. So we all have technology, everybody, I'm sure there's somebody in the room that can tell me when the guy's gonna default to the minute, right? There's that kind of technology out there, but we can't somehow use that technology to get along. So my suggestion, my solution, if you can't personally go, maybe you could hire somebody that could go and report what happened. So you can physically see, hear, smell, touch, and taste, the dirt, the hydraulic fluid, the nasty car with the cigarette smoke and the throw up in the back. There's a good solution. I think
1: it might work. It, it's actually a great idea because you see a lot about you take donuts to your prospect clients, auctions, dealers. But has anybody done that at a repo lot? And what food would you bring? <laughs> Oreos. And by the way, at this point, if we are halfway through, does anybody have anything they're dying to say, add, complain about? No. Wow. Yeah, somebody has something. Yeah. Just, it's hard, I know it's hard. <laughs>
5: yeah. Steve
1: Rustler did an amazing job earlier of just breaking it all up and making everybody feel at home. And we want you to feel at home. We, just, we know that, you know, we're sitting on stage, you're sitting at a table, but we're all sitting together. And this is a real problem. And rather than presenting data to you, there is great data, uh, which by the way, what, the, yesterday, who had the great data?
2: Uh, Jeremy Cross.
1: Jeremy Cross, shout out Jeremy Cross. So, um, but as far as the conversation of actually getting a repossession professional, a transportation consultant, insurance expert, and a privacy expert <laughs> together to talk to lenders, remarketers, consigners I don't know if this ever happens. Right. This might be a first. So Brianna, what, oh you got it. somebody? Thank you Dave Sutton, Woo. shout out Dave. Oh, good.
0: So it wasn't that long ago that I met these guys, and they were fairly new to the scene. And I just wanted to just acknowledge the fact that this panel that you have together, this discussion, you do this on your show week after week after week. And more importantly, for those of us on the East Coast who are in bed by the time your show's really kicking off, it's recorded and it's available. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, this is an unpaid endorsement. Wow. But just the dialogue that you're able to create, being a neutral person out there between these different segments of the industry is an incredible service.
1: And I just wanted to applaud you and tell you to keep it Thank going. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much. Visit ATI Auto Business on YouTube. And that's the bell. <laughs>
4: He's retired the bail on his show, though.
3: Oh no, It's too much on the, the repo podcast. And the hammer. <laughs> like and subscribe. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so how many transporters? Do we have any transporters in the room?
3: That is awesome. Thank lender, you for being l- here. Lender guy. Beth. Lender. Oh, you got one there, too. Yeah. Okay.
1: So my name is Chris with AJ Recovery in Southeast Florida. My question is to the transporters, how do we get the transporters that are coming to our lot to be more prepared for the vehicles they're taking? Cause our issues that we come across is they'll come to pick up a vehicle that does not have keys or it is operable, or it's been damaged and we go through the process of staging the vehicle for them to pick it up for them to leave it and cause us, you know, the vehicle to stay on our property and we have this more and more yeah. where transporters are coming with just a two car trailer, no way to winch a vehicle up Wrong or anything equipment. else. So how do we get the transport side to qualify their transporters to be picking up these vehicles better?
3: That's uh, Repo Ryan, Ryan Miller. I had a great conversation with him in Chicago during the IARA conference, and he said, I've got these cars on my lot that need to be picked up. I know they're ready to go, but for some reason nobody's giving me the green light. I said, why don't you go to the auction that you take that vehicle to, you know it's going there, and ask them why this car is still sitting on my lot. He's like, really, you can go talk to these people? Did you hear that? Yeah, go talk to the person that is pushing the buttons on the technology that's supposed to fix everybody's problem. So he goes and talks to him, and he finds out that there's this reporting system that Mr. Transport Guy knows nothing about, by the way in the reporting system from the auction that somehow probably going back to the lender that has something to probably do with the scorecard, right, is not syncing up with the way that he's supposed to enter the data. Now this is where Brianna could probably come in.
1: Uh, and I, I wanna say this too, you just said to enter the data, because what happens is the transporter goes to book the load on whatever technology and either the information there or is incorrect or it's the correct or incorrect, I've actually called after a transporter tried to pick up a load, tell them it was not incorrect on the way they posted it, and then they didn't even fix it. I don't know why. Maybe because it'd be less likely somebody would actually come and pick it up. But it creates a problem on the repossession lot where now a transporter has shown up and did not leave with the load. And I was thinking, I made this analogy last night, it's like Indiana Jones, you go back in that warehouse and somewhere there's a crate in the back, it's all dusty can't wait to get rid of this crate. You take the crate out, you take all that time and manpower, get the crate out to the front, and then the guy's not gonna pick up the crate. I guess we could put the crate back in the warehouse. And this is what's happening on repossession lots. Now why didn't the transporter leave with the load? And you just pointed out, he either had the wrong equipment, maybe didn't make the appointment at all, didn't realize how important it was, didn't know how to use the software to set up the appointment, but or the load was listed wrong.
3: Because, well, see, my, my, back to your question or problem. Well, I suggest that where did that guy get that load? Who told him to get it? Was it Central Dispatch? Because my money says, my $1 bet says that it probably came from Central Dispatch. And if anybody's ever been around Central Dispatch very long at the repo yard. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, I think the root of the issue really goes back to exactly the struggle that we've had as recovery agents, right? We've been talking about fees for how long now? So like part of the reason some of us don't do transports for some of the lenders is because um, they are extremely low, right? There is no profitability there. And so we have these unqualified transporters coming to our lot because they'll take an in-op for $35.
3: Yeah, but what happens when you tell them that they have to have insurance before they can come on the lot?
2: So most recovery agents should, and if you aren't, you should have a site entry agreement and you should be getting a COI, just like our clients expect from us, uh, with you listed as the secondary insured to protect you. Um, Even if you stage your cars outside your lot, whatever, we all do it a little bit different. But to protect yourself, um, you should be um, vetting the transporters as well.
1: Okay.
3: which cuts a right. lot of
2: the trash out.
1: How many, but how many carriers go, site entry what? I'm not doing that.
4: <laughs> or they- and the reason that insurance companies are really requiring their insurance agents their repossessors to have site entry agreements is because a site entry agreement, as Brianna said, is a contract and it transfers any liability from the repossessor back to where it belongs. A site entry agreement is just a good risk management tool that needs to be used. And contractors, um, excuse me, auto haulers, this is nothing that's uh, a bad thing. It's, it's It's a really simple process. And it just protects everybody. It makes everybody understand what happens in the event of the claim, who's going to be responsible. Because let's face it, things happen. Auto transporters show up on lots. Things happen, drivers fall, uh, a, a transporter runs into a gate, things just happen. And repossessors need the protection because they have had to bear the brunt of so many different claims because of the contracts that they have signed. But I have a question for the lenders. This has always puzzled me. So for the repossessors, their standard for training and insurance requirements you know, are where they should be, You know, they're, they're to protect you. But then when, as soon as they release that vehicle to whoever comes to pick it up, all those requirements go out the window. Nobody seems to care anymore about who picks up that car. (laughs) And I don't understand that. I don't understand. So I, I wish somebody could explain that to me. You still got your hand up? No. <laughs>
2: Come on, Brian.
1: Beth, thank you. I'm
6: Brian. I'll take the mic. Um, awesome. The last five minutes really stole everything that I was going to ask or say. Because um, Chris, you and I had that same conversation yesterday about showing up with the wrong equipment and that kind of thing. And so, from our seat, you know, we use the auctions to transport right now. That they coordinate all of that activity. Um, in the field. We want, we're working on implementing an agent transport program with the ones that, now auction selection impacts that, the distance, right? Uh, there's other barriers, but that's one thing that we're having a conversation internally is what Renee just said. We have a standard on the repo side. Where is the standard on the on the transport side? Where can we say, hey, this is the watermark. You're gonna have to have this type of equipment, this type of insurance, but um, it's gonna take time. I know that they're like uh, the repo space has uh, organizations nationally, state level that can help drive those conversations. I don't know if they're what resources there are, how you're aligned or organized on the transportation side. Like how how hard is it to get that message out? If there was a standard set, is that something that's easily adoptable? Is, you know rates are probably going to go up right when you. When you put in, uh, out a standard, the bottom feeders are going to be cut out. So, and the other thing, I, lo- I love that this is the first discussion. This, this just, I mean, this has been like the, the battle for ages. Repo agent versus auction transporter. This is like Armageddon. So, <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, how, do we, how do we keep having this conversation? Because I feel like you've created your own barriers the insurance provider is sitting up there and they've created barriers because the transporter can't come on the lot. You know, and, there's other, and there's reasons for it, right? So how can we get all the, the, you know, these power of the minds here and create the best practice, the best solution?
3: Okay, it's called meet me at the gate. I'm gonna give everybody here the best advice and take the it. Gate. It's called meet me at the gate. What is that? Go to your auction that you made the deal with and go hang out at the transport parking lot where the guard shack is and there's a gate. If you stand there for less than a day, you'll figure out here comes a transport guy, here comes a repo guy, here comes a dealer guy. Maybe you might occasionally see a lender guy come through there for whatever reason. As you watch this all unfold through the course of a day, you're gonna find out that nobody knows what anybody's doing and why, right? So the solution is, my opinion, meet me at the gate. Same as get in the car and drive to the repo lot, right? We can come up with standards at ATI, we know enough people, we can come up with a standard probably within a quarter, right, that everybody would appreciate and agree with. So the next part of the solution is, is that the rates, as everybody wants to talk about from a transport side, aren't really that great. So my advice to lenders is, you know where your hot spots are. You know where your problem spots are, right? Okay, we know I can stand at the guard shack at any auction and I can find a transport guy who goes right by your problem every day. He goes right by it for a number of different reasons. But if you lender an auction guy, grab him at the guard shack at the gate and say, i want to help you succeed. Here's how we're gonna do it. I have dealers that come to this auction every Wednesday and buy cars that go right to my problem spot. I will make a deal with you and give you these dealer cars to go make a deal with the repo guy and we will make it as smooth as possible seamless transaction. So you're making the transport guy successful by helping him make money to go get and fix your problem. And I think what you'll see as the riffraff goes away, there's a vast majority, a big percent of carriers that genuinely want to do and serve you. That's all we want. We just don't like games and we're not good about dealing with games. We have short tempers, we have short fuses, we're hot headed, we got fuel killing us, we got insurance killing us, maintenance is killing us. I mean, we got a lot of problems, can you just help us a little bit, right? So my solution is meet me at the gate with your commercial executive account guy, whoever that is, and talk to the transport guy, talk to the repo guy.
1: And more, Michelle, you were gonna say something.
5: Yeah, well, we're talking about standards, and you know, I'm from the auction world, so NAAA had standards. Everyone's familiar with those. And so now we have transport, repossession, auctions, lenders, everyone has standards, but the standards are all in a silo. So no one knows what anyone else's standards are or what they have to do to be prepared to do their piece of the pie. So I don't know exactly what a transporter has to do to be ready to go pick up that vehicle and to be ready to pick up the vehicle exactly when the repo yard is open, which from an auction standpoint was like two to four on a Thursday, right? I don't know what's going on on the repossession lot that you have to do to have your vehicle prepared. I mean, I know Mm-hmm. Vaguely, I know that you have to remove. Pro- pro- you have to remove pro- uh, property from the vehicle. You have to delete personal information from the vehicle. You have to apply for a title. You have to have certain insurances. But mm-hmm. I don't really know. So the problem is, is that there needs to be some way that we can be aware of what everyone else processes in the workflow, and then the bridge that we're trying to build at least has at least has some standing that we can. We can start, you know, filling in the puzzle pieces, like you said, Renee.
2: Well, it's all about education and communication, right? So at our agency, we have an instruction manual that we send to anybody who is going to schedule with us, right? And we also send it to the auctions, we, I, and we've had it approved by our client partners. So it's very, very clear what our processes are, what our hours are, what our expect, expectations are for the transporters and for our staff. So really, it, it, it's not that hard. Just communicate it.
3: Well, and I've been to uh, Corey and Brianna's office shop in Houston, and the way that they run their system is right. And if you really watch and pay attention, guess who they have lunch with every week? The auction guy. Right? So there's this smooth flow. You occasionally have a problem. You pick up the phone. Hey, let's go have lunch so when
1: we do need to meet and and do these things is brian right with the comment yes, yeah so we do need to find a way to schedule a time continue conversation include other verticals include everybody cuz you know what there's not a lot of time to waste a lot of great companies and haulers they're gone there's other guys thinking about it and who's replacing them is the lower rung service providers that will do it for that low ball. They'll even say, I'll do it for 50 bucks less, which is crazy. And you don't want the guy for 50 bucks less.
2: No, because I'm gonna cancel all of his appointments. You don't
1: want him. (laughs) She doesn't want him on the lot. (laughs) Renee doesn't want to hear about the insurance issues that good knows.
3: We called it, Jay came up with cocaine bear. You don't want cocaine bear
1: on your lot. You do not. (laughs) You don't want cocaine bear on your lot.
4: The one in the back, in the middle.
1: Too. And we've got a few minutes left, so thank you so
7: much. My name is Jason Kirby. I'm with Precision Recovery, and we're located in central Illinois. And one of, the, one of the issues that we face is we're not in a major metropolitan area. So our closest Mannheims, or major auctions, are two and a half, three hours away from us. So now you've got carriers that are coming three, four hours away to pick up a car, and the auctions will schedule Joe, Bob, and Jim to come to our lot, To pick up three different cars, they're going to the exact same auction. Mm. So now these guys, (sighs) fuels through the roof, you know, they're coming in four cars, they want to get four. They don't want to come get one and go somewhere else and get another. Mm. So now we have four sitting and we have three different agencies wanting to come transport this car. Mm. So it puts another load on our office because now we have three transport trucks to deliver instead of just one. So obviously we would prefer the guy to come in to get all four at once. We do transportation as well. I don't want my truck to move unless it's got four cars on it. So it's just some yeah. of those are some of the other issues that we deal with in our, you know, in our market.
3: Yeah, so the question I have, it's, it's similar. Is that because it has to do with the scorecard? This car's ready to go, go get it? So whoever's in, in this department doesn't know that the guys, there's three more there because this one popped up today, I don't know. The next, how many of those single units somehow get messed up and end up sitting another day because of this problem. So the next question I've got for you, sorry, is how many auctions are within 100 miles away of you? That's close, as 200, okay, sorry, go ahead. My name is Danny from uh, Florida Repossession
7: Agency. Just to add on to what the gentleman here was saying about uh, transporters uh, arriving with the wrong equipment, Um, we also have an issue where um, these uh, haulers are also subbing work. So even if uh, yep. you did have the standards, you were educated, we get the COI, um, but that person with a $10,000 tow truck with no insurance at all arrives at my lot, and I look at my paperwork and it says, "You know, "Release this vehicle to JT. Auto Transport, and it says something else, I'm going to protect my lender. I'm not giving him that vehicle." So that's
1: another reason How's why that I, go? these vehicles, huh? <laughs> And then what's that like? What Wait that a minute, I'm here. He says, I'm here. Wait a minute, give me the car, right? Mm, yeah, you don't get the vehicle. Yeah, I don't get the vehicle. Then what then we'll do you mean I don't the, get the vehicle? Right, and then we'll call the officer. I'm here. <laughs> it's an argument, <laughs> Good transplant. comment, yeah, it's right. real.
3: <laughs> Turns into a street fight. I think we're about out of time. We are out of time. Thank you, Used Car Week, Cherokee
1: Media Group, everybody for being here today. It really means a lot. This is a big deal. Let's keep the conversation going and so let us know how we can help. Thank y'all so much.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast that originated from Used Car Week 2023 in Scottsdale, Arizona. And if you've missed any of our past episodes of the podcast, just go to our website, at autoremarketing.com and click on the podcast box to find our library of past episodes or simply subscribe through whichever platform you get your podcasts. For fellow hosts, Bill Zedites, Joe Overby, and Andy Freelander, as well as our fantastic executive producer, Matt Rice. I'm Nick Zulvich. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to having you again next time on the Auto Remarketing Podcast. Supercharge your deal building experience with Accelerate My Deal when connected across AutoTrader and KBB.com listings and dealer.com websites. It helps deliver predictive
5: and personalized experiences for you and your consumers. Book your NADA demo today.